You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Oh my God, it's out. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They're over a decade. Holy shit! Do you? Oh my god! This was in the the last one was in the Obama administration. That was two presidents ago. I'm just really glad that the next of the series is finally out after this many years. Like, it this feels surreal, doesn't it? That we now live in a post-release now. Like, all I'm saying is that, like, you know, it's a little unorthodox we're doing here. Like, we're recording before, you know, we read the book, T-Wow, but, like, <laughs> but, like, you know, Barry just told me T-Wow's out. I can't believe it. I'm so hyped. I can't wait to see what's the next of this series. It's not the last one, but old George, old George is coming on through. This right? Is a, this is a fucking red letter media bit. <laughs> You're doing a fucking Jay Bauman red letter media bit right now. I can't I can't believe the wind's a winner. It's finally out, baby. This is a bit, but also kind of interesting about how a few over the last couple years there's been a few movies like this that have gone through such development hell are finally out. Yes, like, Avatar! Like, like Avatar, The Way of Water. That's the that's the movie we're talking about today, folks. That just came out. Um, that last Evangelion movie that was in development hell for like almost a decade came out. It, it feel it feels weird it feels interesting to see movies or media properties or anything that have struggled this much come out. It feels weird we are now it came out yesterday from when we record this. Right? Or the 15th? 16th? Yeah, Thursday night it dropped. Okay, so like, we are now like two days out from, uh, you know, a a T-Wow after The Way of Water. It feels wrong. For so long it has been such a meme and a thing about, oh, Avatar 2, Avatar 2, Avatar 2. It's now out. And, um, I want to start off our overall thoughts about this. And, um... There's a specific comment I've been banned from making for my thoughts on this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, before I um, get into this, we made a rule. I wanted to keep this conversation extremely fresh. We may be a little rambly about it. Extremely fresh. We watched the movie today, and we, we watched it at the theater, and we made it all the way back here. It was about like an hour commute. We had to walk our producer, Jasper, afterwards. Like an hour oh, and a half. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Pods King the Casters. I'm your host, <laughs> Envy Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper's uh, hitting his, his food bubble around. So it has been a, probably about a couple hours to a few hours since we finished the movie. We have not said a word of it to each other about how we thought about it. Yeah. So the um, so here it is, now live on the, the microphone. And I'm going to say, holy fuck, this is one of the best movies of the year. Significantly, no doubt. Like, this movie's fucking amazing. So, I am, this is not something that I believe has been discussed on mic, but I am somewhat famously amongst fram, friends a giant Avatar fan, mm-hmm. which is something I've been made fun of a lot for, 
because they're like there were doubters <laughs> there were unbelievers <laughs> but the way of water they shall see the way they shall see the way of water it's amazing I, I, oh fuck I can't believe I saw the way of water today I think it's I think I like it more than the original oh yes, like, yes. there's so many full full spoilers for this entire movie folks please 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 go see it it is a visual fucking marvel and a really great movie. I love that. I, I thought about this during the finale, the the big fight in the oil in the the whaler yeah. ship. Yeah. This feels so much more small scale than the first one and more yeah. personal. And I like that. Yeah. I love that instead of it's oh my god they're gonna blow up our massive tree and it's such a thing. I still like it. I still like it. See, I, but I'm just saying yeah. I love the more personal element of it's the ship and it's varying the stages of yeah. being destroyed and they're in the hull and I'm like this is really interesting. Oh, the thing I love most about the climax is this theme of family that persists throughout mm -hmm. is pers is personified by the fact that every single t like. Everyone has, there are like five times in the climax where it's like, oh, these characters can get off the ship. Mm -hmm. and But then like... Someone else gets kidnapped. Someone else yeah, gets... Yeah, so uh, because they can never get the combination right in which all of them would be able to get off the ship, mm -hmm. they keep circling back because they don't... Cause they're a family, and you don't leave your family behind. Exactly. I can't believe I'm kidnapped. I can't believe I'm strung up again, <laughs> says the oh, little girl. Oh, fucking took! Took! took. Th this took holy shit. Um, I was okay, we I was need saying, a coherent way to talk about yeah, this. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> wow. Um, I just want to start off with this movie is like you know it just came out, so there's not that much. I think things more about the VFX and the process will be coming out around now. But I just want to say overall, just as a quick VFX segment, this is one of the most impressive looking VFX movies I've ever seen. Significantly. Oh, like God. Every shot of hands in this fucking movie. It just movie. looks real. Yeah. Like, there's one shot where they're in the bunk, they're in the ship, in the, you know, in the hall, the water's coming in, and there's that moment where the light goes out, and it's just the mom and the kid's face with yeah. just the bioluminescence a little bit. Yeah. It just looks real. It's Natarian Took's face. Yeah, Natarian... Did they? I don't remember off the top of my head. We we had seen the original Avatar folks recently in IMAX. Yeah. Like a month or two ago, and like. Yeah, in September. Yeah, in September. So like, I don't remember off the top of my head. Was there bioluminescence of them in the first movie? Did they have glowy bits? I don't remember them having that. I so it was They never had. It was never that dark in the first Avatar, so we could never see. Because even their nighttime sequences, mm -hmm. nighttime sequences were by the Tree of Souls, so they, that it was illuminated on pink. It was already was that way. Yeah. Okay. But, like, I just noticed that, and I'm like, wow. I'm, that's interesting. Like, they didn't really have... Um, I didn't notice that as much in the first one if they had it. But I thought it might have been more of a, oh, we have the, vi you know, we have the fidelity now to do yeah. this. And, um... It, it is, yeah, it is one of the best-looking movies fucking ever. And the original still... Well, you know, we saw the uh, the re-release in IMAX, which had updated visuals, but it still looks like a very good movie. Yeah. So the fact that like this is, you know, has taken so long to come out, and I think, I think it pays off. I think, goddamn, that is worth the wait. <laughs> like, yeah. like I I went, I was not, I was a non-believer, until a, 
about a few months before I saw the re-release of the first Avatar. I went from like, oh my god, Avatar 2, what a meme, to being like, okay, there could be some interesting stuff here. And then after seeing the re-release, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> like, that was my transition point from being an Avatar hater to being an, uh, an Ava... An Avaturd, is that the word? <laughs> but, um... Holy shit, like, this... I, I am very interested now. Where are we gonna go with this? We have five movies coming on the way. That was always a meme, but now I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna be good! <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like... Oh, it's so weird to have this complete, like, cultural reset for me about this franchise right yeah. now. I, th- I think... Listen, in high school, I was a little dipshit who said things like, it's weird that it has no cultural impact. Despite the fact that I watched the, the summer it came out on DVD, I watched Avatar three times. I loved it that much that I watched it three times, but high school me became a little fucking dipshit. And then, Reddit. Redditor. Then, it was a Reddit thing. I know it. It was like, uh, oh, it was a film this big, have no cultural thing. Then I came around on it in undergrad, and I just pumping away ever since, and my love has been fully vindicated. <laughs> You're like, yes. Oh, God, it's... Shun the non-believers. It's, t- oh. it's too late to get on the train, but it's not. Enjoy it, folks. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Oh, God. So I oh, just... Alright, so we start with, like, a... Let's talk about the prologue, I guess? Yeah, what I'm interested... It's interesting, this movie, it's, um... It is a long movie, folks. It And it takes its time to get to any actual water, which it's I like, was... And my guess is, it's like, an hour in. What do you think? I'd say, like, 40 minutes. Okay, like... Uh, yeah, but, it's, like, 40 it's minutes over half an hour, hour in. Yeah, it's just, like, they take their time with that, which... You know, it's fair because then you have still have like over two hours. <laughs> you still of... have over a regular movie length to go. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think it was. Um, I I was interested going into this. How much will it feel like the first Avatar? Because it's been so long. Yeah. And I feel like because you know we saw the first one so recently, it just slides right in. It's like yeah. we still have a prologue. We still have Jake oh, okay. Sully narrating. And there's so much. So what I love most about this movie. Mm-hmm. Is how it's goofy without winking at itself. Yeah. It is. I just had. Oh god! Anytime Miles Quatrich's plot kept evolving, and it was so fucking goofy. I just big smile on my face because it was taking itself so seriously. <laughs> it, there was no fucking Marvel character quipping about. Oh, that's weird. Like, Miles Quatrich turning out to have been cloned into a Na'vi. <laughs> it's really fucking fun. It's yeah. real fun. It's really fun. Like, when I had that as a yeah. thing, I'm like... Because I, I... Did you know he was going to be that guy? I did know. Okay, that. I yeah. knew too. It was like the day before I saw something about yeah. he's back as a Na'vi. And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. But, like, they do really fun stuff with it. It's... I couldn't have fucking imagined the sequence in the trailer of the skull crashing, yeah. of the skull being destroyed. It's him! It's crushing his own skull! <laughs> oh, God, and then the whole... So, like, um, 
As I, I really don't feel like much for Miles Quatrich in Avatar One. He's there as a plot he's device like evil, villain. I'm an evil monster. Yeah, he's a plot device villain. He's not the point. I every single fucking line Stephen Lang has in this movie is so fucking good. It's just... holy fuck. Okay, so let's try to get. Let's try to get the the plot rundown going on here. Okay, so we got to start with then the then we can get the more specific the very things. complicated prologue in yes. which so we learn about Jake Sully's uh, life, uh, which is actually you know even though a lot of complicated stuff happens in it, mm-hmm. I think it's presented to us in a very comprehensible way. Yeah, I love that one of the first shots is um. Oh, it's a recreation the, of... It's the recreation of the first Avatar. But scene. now Neytiri's pregnant, she, yeah. Yeah, Neytiri, where she has the bow and she's mm-hmm. pulling it, but now she, it's like, she looks the same, yeah. then it goes down a bit. She, oh, she's yeah. pregnant, okay. Yeah. To signify that time has passed. So yeah, so we see her and Jake Sully's uh, life together since the, in the since like... the... I want to say what has been. It doesn't give exact I'd say like... 13 years, 14 years? Uh, I, I think like... The oldest brother of like the family. Fifteen. Yes, yeah, so I'd like say it's like somewhere between fifteen and twenty years have passed. Uh, I don't know about twenty, but like I get around that range. Like, yeah, there so are now, you know, a few of a couple of their kids are like teenagers, teenage aged. Yeah. So, but so then, but yeah. So they have. Uh, they have the. So we watch them have kids. children and. The, the big thing is that the children still have the five fingers. Yeah, that, and that's a huge... Uh, that's a huge point. Yeah. They, Which is really interesting, because that is... I didn't even notice it in the first one. See, that's like, something... It's a little detail. I, that's something I picked up on my second watch of Avatar. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, look, the, look the, the, real, the, the real tar heads. We, we <laughs> see the tar heads. Uh, but, but, like, uh, you get me, like... Um, you know, it's something where it's such a small detail, but in this one, it's a big point where it's like, yeah. they look different. They have these, you yeah. know, five fingers out of four. They're weird half-breeds. But yeah, so... Like, I love that there's a moment where you see the baby hold up his hand, he has the yeah. five, and Jake Sully, like, has, like, this complicated emotion on his face. Yeah, but yeah, so it's they have... It's so quick, it's like, holy shit, oh my god. So, they have a family of... Four children and one, like, pseudo, uh, pseudo child family friend, a Kimmy Gibbler. I'll say, was... I'll say Spider is the Kimmy Gibbler of the well, Sully family. But wait, I find, no, don't they have three biological kids in the three, fourth one? Yeah, so, but they, but like, Kiri, they consider their own child, but yeah, they but do not consider mother. Spider a child. Yes, but her so, we'll get into okay, all, so, all we'll, that. so we'll give what? you the three natural born children of the Sully family first. Yes. Uh, Nateum uh, is the oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, probably the. Ooh, no, not the least complicated. I'd say Took is probably the least complicated of the chil- Sully children. Yeah. He, uh, he... Uh, Took is. Took, she's mostly just comic relief throughout. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, and. And just to be in danger, mm-hmm. cute as a button. But yeah. uh, so, so like but the, um, so the oldest child, Natayam is like Jake's Jake Sully's golden child. Yeah, he tries to be more like yeah. his dad. He's trying to like yeah. keep his other brother in line. Like yeah. he's not. You, you get it. You pick up him like in five seconds. You're like, okay, I know who this character is. Yeah, 
Then, uh, you've got Loak, the second son, uh, who is... Like, kind of a more of an outcast. I'd say Loak, I'd say, is the protagonist of Avatar 2. Uh, the closest to one, yeah. Like, yeah I, 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 I don't think there's really a traditional protagonist to this, this film. This feels a lot more like an ensemble. Yeah, but it like, does. I, I get what you mean, though, because Jake Sully does not feel like he is the sole protagonist anymore, at least. Yeah, I'd like, say, different. like, honestly, I would say, and for the sake of, I want Sam Worthington to get an Oscar nomination for this, which is big turnaround <laughs> from, like, his serviceable, not bad, but just serviceable performance in Avatar 1. Uh, yeah. I think he, he should be nominated for, uh, for this guy, Avatar 2. This guy, he fucking brought it. Yeah, it's... We'll, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk more about how I, fucking cool Jake Sully is in this okay, movie. Okay, yeah, we tr- we're gonna try to get the plot. Okay, okay but you, yeah, so Loak is the second son. Uh, he's... Honestly, I'd say he's the one that... The irony is he's the one that's closer to Jake Sully. He is a curious, curious big risk taker, uh, and that often gets him in trouble. Uh, yeah. So he's not the golden child, but like you, you see a lot of similarities with him and his dad. He also just justice for Loak. There are so many times where everyone else is given Loak shit, <laughs> and I'm like, no. Loak didn't do anything wrong. Why are you all mad at Loak? <laughs> How dare you? How dare Loak like a whale? <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Get lost, kid. Okay, then you've got for the third natural-born child, Took, uh, who is youngest child, very much just there as like comic relief and to be in danger. Uh, but very good child performances. Yeah, yeah the, very fun. Took especially because Took is like probably like, what nine. Yeah, like. There you go. Impressive. Now we get... Jesus! Yes! <laughs> okay, so we get Kiri, played by Sigourney Weaver, which seemed like a weird choice to have Sigourney Weaver back but playing a teenager uh-huh. in mocap, but makes more sense to me knowing the con- the exact... Way the virgin Kiri- birth... <laughs> That is heavily implied in this thing. So, we're talking as about we a character. Know, we, it is something relevant. Yeah. So, Kiri is their adopted child. Uh, she's adopted because Grace, the scientist played by Sigourney Weaver, who dies in the first one, her avatar just got pregnant and no one knows how, and just and then popped out her. Yes. And the Sullys adopted her. Yes. And and she has a weird connection with the Earth, and she has she some powers. She has her connection to Ewa like goes beyond the general spirituality of most. Like uh, she can Nipinavi. Yeah, she can control aspects of this world. Yeah, she if she like plugs in to a uh, mm-hmm. to an animal or plant, it will just fucking do her bidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, there's... Like, the fucking sea anemone scene, which is horror movie shit right there. She fucking murked that guy. <laughs> he was dead. She controls giant sea anemones to fucking not only destroy the submarine of some soldiers, but then when one is trying to escape, fucking Suffer- crush him. 
God. Okay, so, so that's we Kiri. Will, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about theories after the plot. So that's Kiri. So Kiri, uh, very pronounced uh, Awa powers and yeah. adopted Adopted child, daughter. Uh, 13, uh, dubious what, 14, birth. 14, yeah. 15, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. But also of somewhat dubious birth, we have Spider! <laughs> spider! Uh, okay, so Spider uh, is Spider is a return to monkey character. <laughs> <laughs> so spider, sp- one of the biggest cheering moments we had in this packed IMAX theater was a spider hitting someone with a fucking fire extinguisher moment. <laughs> And screaming, and screaming like a monkey and smashing controls. Who would win an entire boat of entire boat of whalers or one spider with, with a fire, fire extinguisher. extinguisher? I thought you were gonna say who has a better story than spider <laughs> Okay, so spider so they explain that like when most of the human population was sent back yes. to Earth. Like, it's the same shot from the end of the first Avatar movie. Mm-hmm. Humanity, the sky people, they call them, they're gone. Per- like, there's yeah. a few scientists left over that support the Navi, that's it. Everybody else is gone. Yeah. but On, uh, like, these fr- frozen life pods, but babies can't. Yeah, so, yeah, it's too dangerous for babies to do it. So Spider and Spider's parents were both killed, according, mm-hmm. apparently. Including one, Miles Cordich. Oh yeah. My, we do not know who the mother was, and I, yeah. I think that was also kept. I, I don't remember because it was a lot of movie, but I feel like there were a couple of times where it was where they were starting to allude to it as a point of mystery who his mother was. I guess, but. but. We'll uh, see how that goes. Uh, no, so, I think yeah. it's. I think the relation. I think where the story's going is definitely him and the dad. Definitely. But like. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah. So. But yeah. So Spider is the. Is Miles Corich's, quote unquote, gone native. Uh, child. Uh-huh. He's gone rogue. He's got dreads and. Yeah. Loincloths and everything. So that's their family now. It's their whole family. Uh, with Jake and Natiri, but then, uh, so then, end of prologue, we get, uh, oh, the sky people came back, so Earth sent more people, and... That sequence, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I, we don't see how humanity came aboard Pandora originally. But it's... But, like... It's, like, fucking biblical. It's, like, fire and brimstone. It feels yeah. straight out of Terminator 2. Yeah. In the apocalypse sequence, yeah. the, the you know nuclear thing, uh-huh. it felt straight out of that. Like humanity, little vessels, you know, it plunges into the ground and it just leaves a fucking like destroyed yeah. crater around it. And it's like Jake Sully and uh, mm-hmm. oh Jake Sully and what what's the wife's name again? Natiri. Natiri. Okay, the names are gonna be tough, <laughs> but uh, Sully, Jake and Natiri are having like a date night thing when it happens, and Natiri's like, "Oh my god!" Like you know the connection with the planet, and um, and then we cut to one year one later. year later, and what so I, that's the end of the prologue. That's the end of the prologue, and then we get to the sequence, and I immediately picked up that um, that oh shit, you know, I feel like humanity has more of a foothold now in Pandora than it did in the first one. Yeah. Like, we see rail lines as the first yeah, thing, so and I'm I, like, that I, could I think, not have been done. I thought that the one year, that after the one year later, the first thing we see is Miles Porridge. 
Miles Court. So you were saying the movie begins proper, like after this flashback sequence, and we 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 cut to the clone. The yeah. clone's coming. Yeah, we cut to the to so Miles Corridge and his uh and every jarhead who had like a line in the first movie, uh, they had their consciousness backed up before the final battle of the of Avatar One, uh, with sent back to Earth, all the way back to Earth to be put in avatars. Yeah, to be put in avatars permanently this time. Like they're exactly like Jake Sully now. And they were sent all the way back from Earth to Nat to Pandora. Yeah. And now they're ready for action, and they're they're like super soldiers. Yeah. So we, you know, and then uh, this clone has all of the memories of the original guy, except like the last hour before he died. Yeah. And he, um, he basically, you know, the recording flashback version of him tells him that, hey, you need to like kill Jake. But yeah, so the clone. Clones, the clone troopers. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill Jake Sully. Kill Jake Sully. And this is what the company needs because Jake Sully has become the leader of the insurgent army against them. Uh huh. Which we see in this awesome train sequence to over. Uh, in the movie, Jake leads a uh, an attack on a train that the uh, that the humans have set up, and uh, in that, so Loak and. I can't remember. The, other, the, the older brother, brother the, the yeah. older brother's name uh, are supposed to be spotters for it, but then they're like, oh, we want to go in and get on the action. Low act prods for it, and they do. Uh, the older brother almost dies. Bad yeah. And then yeah. Jake Sully finds out, and he's pissed. Yeah, and that really begins the low act arc through this, because in the middle section, we'll talk about, like, there are really three separate arcs that then converge in the climax in the middle section. Uh, but, uh, so, but yeah, Jake's pissed. Then, uh, then we get a sequence of the, uh, the kids go, uh, well, first, you know, Miles Quaritch, uh, goes out and for the, uh, to start trying to hunt down Jake Sully. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And the kids are out just uh, doing normal hunting and stuff, and we see Kiri's first, like, communing with, uh, with Awa. She, like, looks like she just had a really good edible, honestly. <laughs> She's, like, in the grass, like, gooing up. Whoosh. And, like, the, what's her thing is, like, the grass kind of forms a circle around her. Yeah, and then like, the, the grass uh, itself is talking with her. It's like a two-way thing. And then the weird dandelions come down and, uh... Yeah, yeah and the rest floaties. And they're like, oh, and then they're like, oh, it's happening. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So they go out hunting, and they like, oh, we should go. They're then, like, oh, we found, they find the They find the tracks. soldiers. Yeah, they find the soldiers' tracks, and they follow them to the, uh, to Miles Quaritch mm-hmm. had gone to his, uh, to find his last resting spot. <laughs> yep, and so... Boom, here, and then we get to the shack from the first Avatar mm-hmm. that's fucking gorgeously, like, overgrown and, like, decrepit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, holy shit, look at all that. So there, you know, we follow him as he's, like, looking through the ruins. And yeah. he, he, you know, finally settles in on yeah, and his bones. But then he, uh, so... They discover the kids... Uh, the kids call Jake and Natiri for help, and Jake is pissed that, like, oh, you brought everyone? 
You brought even like the kid, like the nine-year-old. Even took. Even took. Everybody's here, but like bad. Yeah, so they get captured, and it's looking really bad for them. But then Jake and Akiri come in and make pretty swift work of them. Like they just like fucking decimate Korich's whole team. Uh, it's outside of like three people, and then. And in the process, they save the kids, uh, except Spider gets captured. Mm -hmm. Oh, Neytiri also does not care for Spider in the slightest. No. Which will become important later. So, like, like she does not... Like, Kiri and everyone else are upset when Spider, like, gets separate, and they're, like... Trying to get him. But Terry's like, ah! No, we gotta go. Gotta go, come on! He's a human. He, he doesn't matter. Uh. Which, uh... Maybe that'll become relevant later. We'll see. Yeah, but, uh... So I made a seed. <laughs> but, so... Then, Jake and Akiri have this argument where he's like, they're coming for me. They're coming to kill me. They're gonna... The family is in danger. We need to get the hell out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Well, it's... Not just the family. It's like, if we stay here, they already know we're here. They're going to kill everybody that we know here. Yeah. To, like, get to us. So he makes the difficult decision to step down as, like, the leader mm -hmm. and leave with him and his family. And Neytiri's just broken up about this. Like, no. I mean, it's... Neytiri's very interesting in this. She doesn't, like... Her role is a lot lesser than it is in the first one, but what she is given is very interesting because she's... I mean, she's essentially turned into... For the first time in her life, a refugee. Uh, she, and she is very broken up about it. Like, one, she needs to be really convinced to to flee their home, and then what's well, her home for a whole life? Yeah. You know? And then just, but, and she's just like sobbing as they're led out of there. Uh, and then they go decide they'd be best. To hide with the water people in the islands. With that, they need to find their way to the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way of water, if you would. So, so they make their way there. They go to what I take it is the main water tribe of Navi? That's what I got out of it, because he had some lines where it's like, yeah, where I told the other villages. Yeah, yeah like, I told the other villages not to, you know, yeah. out you or whatever. And so, but like, so they go and it's difficulty one not just because they're hybrids but two because there also seems to be racial tension between water navi who do have different aspects they've got like these weird like webbed hands and they've got they've got like an eel like tail instead of the cat like tail yeah so their tail helps them like swim in the water they also and I want to get your opinion on this I think the water Navi are more fuckable than the land Navi. <laughs> you had to expect this was coming, Brandon. Oh, God, that reminds me of that fucking one uh, repost people do about, Hey, guys, did you know that Vaporeon is the most fuckable of all the Pokemon? That's a real thing someone... I know! About. It's Navi are humanoid! <laughs> this is not as weird. They're... And the water ones it's are hotter. It's a high defense stat, which lets the... Oh, uh, God. 
Oh, God. Are you saying it's because they don't have to breathe for longer? Is that no. what you're saying? <laughs> Honestly, it's because they've got, uh, like, I don't know, sleeker faces. Swim. They have a swimmer face. <laughs> you would be saying the same thing about that fucking shark heads and shit. Imagine they have eyes on the sides of their heads. Like, I mean, just as a bisexual, both the men and the women are hotter. The men are like fucking triangles, every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> You're like, yeah! God. But, um, I don't know. What I do know about in both these movies, damn, that, like, they're, like, the women's, like, upper torso little weird bead clothing thing that fucker must be stapled on so they don't show a nipple ever (laughs) like there's so many moments where i'm like they definitely adjusted the physics of that to make sure that a nip slip did not happen yeah (laughs) like like side boob is out nearly full frontal boob it's like it's like a dot (laughs) that's that's covering it yeah, but, so, um, like, uh, but, like, they, yeah. <laughs> so, but, despite that, because of Jake saving Pandora in the past, they very barely let them stay and learn their way, the ways of the water tribe, the way of water. The way of the water, if you will. And they're, you know, It's more of the, the, you know, the male, the head leader male guy doesn't seem too annoyed by it, but the wife is like, um... You know, like, this could breed, you know, devastation and destruction if they find out he's here. So, like, I feel like that was why she was very, like, apprehensive about it. The wife played by Kate Winslet. Which, I don't remember. What's Kate Winslet? Who is she? The uh, name sounds very familiar. Rose and Titanic. Really? Which, how do we feel about that? Like, it's not a make or break for the movie for me either way, but I feel like that's a very weird zone. Not helped by the fact that she's doing a voice. I mean, Jake Sully turns into a a very clear metaphor for, like, indigenous people, and that nobody seems to mind that. That he literally, like, he basically get-outs them, but if they didn't have already a personality... (laughs) I think it's the voice that mostly does it for me. I think <laughs> Kate Winslet is using a patois, and I'm, I, that's like she, Jimmy C. She she had to get some more money from old Jimmy C. Like Cliff Curtis is the chief, and he's like a Maori guy, so it's like yeah, I'm, I I have no problem with him doing that, but. Yeah. Well, maybe in Avatar 4, it's revealed that she was an Avatar, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, it's not a make or break for the movie for me, but that is mm-hmm. it's a, a little weird, weird, especially since all of the natural-born Navi, besides her, are played by black or indigenous actors. <laughs> it, it, it's something to, to, to little, a little squint at for a yeah, bit. Yeah, we're, we're, like, not, we're not gonna think piece it, but, like... no. It's, it's a gray area. We're in a gray area. We're in a gray area, like you know, Sigourney Weaver playing a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> but I think there's reasons. But that's in the theory section. Yeah, there's definitely so, reasons. Uh, but so now, she they arrive at the tribe, and now they have to kind of get used to 
being that. Yeah. And what I'm going to say is I love about this movie, and I love, I did not remember about the original until I rewatched it. These are, these are movies that can be very funny. Yes. Like, there's some really funny little bits in here mm-hmm. that are definitively not Marvel humor. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> little, just fun little jokes and little gags, like, we will teach you not to be useless. Yeah. Or, oh god, the, the punchline had me fucking rolling. Just. <laughs> like, there's some funny stuff there. Uh, but, uh, so... Yeah, so they have a little montage where they learn. Everyone learns the basics: how to ride the water creatures. Which yeah, they they've got like they look like plesiosaurs. Yeah, there are really three types of water creatures that matter. Uh, one the ones that look like plesiosaurs and make dolphin noises. Yep. Uh, the I think they call them nucks. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, the nucks. They got uh, the nucks, which are like you know the. The generic flying little dragons from the first one, but the water version. Yeah. Like, everybody's, you know, a lot of people have those. There are the war-focused ones that look a lot more like a, like a fish you would like see. Like a barracuda in. with wings. Kinda. It, yeah. it reminds me specifically of, um, like, Cretaceous period, some of those yeah. water creatures. Some of those fish. That one, I completely missed the name for, but... I don't remember what the name of that one is. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of names. But it's like, they're really cool and interesting, because they're kind of a bit like flying fish. Yeah. Is that they kind of like, they yeah. fan out their fins and flap them, yeah. and there's just a little bit of them still in the water, and I'm like, that's really sick! Yeah. And then, these won't matter for this montage, but the other big type of animal, and the most important one for the movie, are the Tolkens, which yeah. are a space whale. Yep. But hyper-intelligent. As like the movie humans. explains to us, they are actually... When it comes to f- to the creative side of the brain, to philosophy and all of that stuff, they are far far more developed mm-hmm. and have their culture, and they can commu- and they communicate with uh, with Navi. Yes, to the point where they have made a pact. Well, we'll get to that in the plot. Yeah, but, um, so those but, are the main creatures that we see in this montage, and them getting used to things. Yeah, so we see the uh, we see the basics of us of uh, like lear- them learning how to hold their breath for longer, uh, and uh, how to ride the the creatures. Uh, then here's where we c- we kind of this middle portion very much por- e- uh, goes out into cutting between three subplots uh, mm-hmm. that do intersect a bit, but are mostly just. Separate subplots of character. Uh, we'll go with Kiri's first because Kiri's is the simplest to explain. Yeah. So, Kiri's uh, special connection with Awa causes her the other kids to consider her a freak. Yeah, like uh, she'll just stare at the sand for hours. Yeah. Or like talk to the fish. And, like, and she's tried to explain. Uh, and she, like, is trying to convince Jake uh, that she does have this special connection with Awa. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of doesn't, like, doesn't believe it to the extent that she's saying. They believe, like... like sure, I'm sure she's feeling this way. Yeah, I'm sure she's thing. religious, but... Yeah. Yeah, but nothing yeah, like... Yeah, but, yeah. They don't believe her, but they're like, well, we support you, honey. Yeah, and then... 
she connects to their spirit version of the Tree of Souls, which, which is a fucking underwater sea anemone, like out, like fucking seaweed. Yeah, and it's so pretty, but it's really cool. Which then leads to oh, there's multiple of these. Yeah, and she connects to it, and she sees Sigourney Weaver. She sees her mother. Uh, has a conversation with her, both going in and out of human and avatar form. Mm-hmm. And in it, she tries to get who her father is from a, from Weaver, but but she gets no answer because she starts having a fucking seizure. Yeah. And because it's so much. Because she's underwater too. Yeah. So like there, you know, when she gets out, it's like she's having a seizure. All the kids are like, oh my god, and they have to like pick her up and yeah. like bring her to the, um, you know, the healing, the doctors and stuff. Yeah, and so she, they bring her to the doctor and, uh, so, the, uh, the scientists from the first movie come in for a little scene and they're like, and they're like, oh, yeah, she's epileptic. Uh, everything you're describing, the, allu- the delusions, the, uh, the religious fervor, that is, all very common in epileptics. Uh, she cannot connect to home to a, to any to a tree of souls again, especially underwater. It could very well kill her, uh, which breaks Jake up. Jake does not like that. But so that's her plot line for the for Act right, Two. She's doing that. You're like, oh, I'm interested to see where this goes. Now, so we'll yeah, go no. to the next most complicated is Spider. Spider and the boys. So yeah, so Spider is uh, Miles Gorich is trying to win Spider over. Yeah, the, well, it starts when Spider gets kidnapped, and the scientists, the oh, military, they fucking first torture start, the shit out of him. This fucking like teenager mm-hmm. is they try to like fucking brain melt him into thinking about where Jake Sully is, so they can scan it and get it out of him. Yeah, and he fights against. He, them. he doesn't give shit away. He's like, no, nothing. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, so eventually, um... They just conscript him as a translator, mm-hmm. hoping to win him over to their side. Yep. And... Which then leads to the the colonel guy going, well, now we have to, now, you know, yeah. we tried to fight the Navi in our way, it didn't work, mm-hmm. we're gonna fight them their way. Yeah. So they want to be able to do everything the Navi do. Riding the animals, yeah, all that. Which he teaches them how to ride the, uh, ride the Ikran or the Banshee. This is really good. I, I fucking love the moments where it's like the Colonel in the Avatar form is like repeating beats from the original Avatar. Yeah. It's and then doing it in his own way. When the original Avatar, it's like this beautiful moment. He's like sneaking up on the you know the creature, mm-hmm. and then connecting the hair and doing this. The girl just walks up and <laughs> fucking punches <laughs> the Akran. Punches him in the... One of the biggest laughs in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... Boom! Yeah. And it was like, ah! And then, like, he, like, rests... Like, he's choking it out. Like, he has yeah. no idea he's supposed to, like, connect yeah. with it. And so, they come tumbling down right when, you know, he's gone for a while. Right when the rest of the team's about to leave, he shows up and, like, oh, I'm controlling it now. Yeah. Then they team up with... Uh, some space whalers. They do. We're whalers on the moon. We sing our whaling tune. <laughs> yeah. The whaling... Pandora's a moon, so it works. Exactly. So the moon... The, the yeah. whalers thing is interesting, because that shows up 
what, like two hours into the movie, I want to say? Yeah, and that's... It's a pretty late addition. Yeah, so we've had the whale stuff going on before that, which we'll get into with Loak's plot, but, uh, uh, but the, uh... Whalers do not show up until two hours. Or um, we forgot to mention, they figure out that Jake Sully is somewhere on the all these little islands. Mm -hmm. So they're torturing the islanders like one group at a time, but using the whalers to get around to them first. Exactly. Yeah. So the whalers, so the, the you know the torturing yeah. doesn't work. So they're like, let's you know let's set a trap for them to come to us. We're gonna start hunting the whales. Yeah, because as we'll explain the Loak plotline. The Water Navi have a very, very close special uh, relationship to the uh, to the the Tulks. Uh, yes. Tolkien to the Tolkien. To the Tolkens. Uh, and so this is how they're gonna draw Jake Sully out, and we get to see the whaling process, which is just pretty much modern whaling, except yeah. we see that they're they only want the brain. They want, like, the fucking spinal fluid from yeah. them because it stops human aging and is worth $80 million a, uh, a whale. So yeah. they, they kill this fucking, like, hundreds of feet long creature. Yeah. And they get a vial the size of, like, a large water bottle. They're like, that's it. That's all yeah. we need. And they just dump the rest of it. And it's really fucked up because it's... It has the, um... <laughs> this, you know, it could have... It is still a very explicit thing about modern whaling and everything. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting to add the detail of the, the researcher who's there. Yeah. He's like, I would be interested to hear a little more about his thing, because I, I can, I can yeah. piece together, I think he did it. He was like, oh, my God, I want to study these creatures, these whales yeah. and everything. And it's like, well, the only way you can do that economically, kid, is you yeah. got to come on this whaling boat. Yeah, and he talks about how, how he, like, Drinks himself to sleep because yeah. like I I I was surprised there wasn't like a moment he kind of rebelled. Yeah, like he did well, like a moment where it's like he like disables the torpedo or yeah, something. I, they very pointedly don't show him die, so I feel like yeah, and it's Jermaine Clement. He's a pretty big actor, so like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um. But anyways, he's um. Yeah. So, but that's they figure the, out the whaler boat. That's what we got to do. That's the Spider Act Two plotline. Then. We get to the Loak one, which is the most prominent and longest one of the Act 2 plot lines. Yes. And so, Loak uh, has been having trouble with the uh, chief's son, uh, getting in fights with him. He punches him in the face, mm -hmm. and then... I love that fucking moment. It's so he's like, you have an extra finger, and he's like, yeah, I have an extra finger. It's but weird. it can do something really cool. If you and he pulls it, it into like a this. fist. And then yeah, I can, and then he smack, he fucking punches him right in the face. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, but so then his ongoing war with the Chief's kid has the Chief's kid try and murder Loak. <laughs> Pretty explicitly, yeah. He's like, hey, dude, you want to check out this cool area past the reef? And he's like, that's dangerous. Yeah. Nobody should go there. He's like, oh, the men do that, man. Yeah. So him and his buddies send him out. And they abandon him in the middle of, like, this deep ocean area. And where there's, and, like, a shark-like thing. Yeah, there's, like, a giant fucking shark creature that tries to eat him. <laughs> and almost wins, but then a Tolkien saves him, uh, and he bonds with the Tolkien immediately. Yeah. Uh, and this is Payakin. Payakin. Payakin the Tolkien. Yeah, so Payakin, and we learn... One of my favorites. 
Pyakin's awesome. I fucking love Pyakin. Everything with Loak and Pyakin is, one, visually really beautiful, two, emotionally very touching. Yeah. <laughs> but, so it's fucking awesome, because it's um right yeah. when the shark's about to get him, you see what you don't yeah. know is going to be an actual character come in yeah. and like attack the shark and eat him, and you're like, whoa, yeah. who's that? Like, what happened there? And then they have this connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's uh, Loak helps him by, by getting pulling a out, spear out of Yeah, him. by pulling out the... Well, that, that was interesting. Is he pulls out one of the, the harpoony things yeah. that we see later is the thing they do to have the balloon. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. So we learn that Payakin has been... Uh, because the whale society is so smart, uh, we learn that Payakin is, is an outcast from them. And we don't uh, know why yet, but we do see he has some damage. Yeah. He has some battle damage. He has, like, half a flipper missing. But, yeah. And Loak's repeat... Uh, so, Loak keeps going and hanging out with Pyakin, and it keeps getting him in trouble with Jake for disobeying orders and going on and doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it gets in, he gets well, in trouble from Jake because Jake wants to keep in good graces with the, the water yeah. navy. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, because the chief is like, hey, don't do that shit. Because they're like, yeah, like the Payak, the uh, the Tolkien's are so smart mm-hmm. that they have forbidden like all killing of anybody ever, yeah. which unfortunately makes them prime targets for whaling. Yeah, because they're never gonna fight back. And that's what we find out when when he go when he goes out to Payakin and he bonds with him mm-hmm. and he sees what happened that got Payakin restricted. Payakin organized a attack upon the whalers. Mm-hmm. That backfired and got Navi and whales killed, yeah. and because he wasn't supposed to do that, they consider him a killer. Uh, their yeah. culture, like he didn't kill them directly, but he mm-hmm. led them into this that killed yeah. them. And then it's like, man, but like, you can't just run forever from this, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's um, very a very poignant thing where it's like, but no, like, if you could have gone on board with Payakin's plan. <laughs> Maybe it would have turned out differently. Yeah. We see later, Pyonkin's all you fucking need. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get there. But, but yeah, um, so I love that little bonding thing they do. Yeah, and that oh god, the opening his mouth and going in, going and in. connecting and finding out that his connection is like inside of him in like his center. That's metaphor, so... metaphor. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. But uh, so yeah, so the that connection is made. So, like, going into this kind of third act, we have, like, we know Payonkin and the Tolkien Payonkin. This kid is friends with this teenager we know. Jigsaw's son's friends with him. We got, you know, the evil military guys are on their trail, and they're, like, seeking them out. Like, things are things are coalescing. And we've got Kiri's connection to Awa is strengthening. Yes. And so, uh, then... Essentially, because the whales are starting to get killed, Jake, sa- Jake says that you guys need to tell the Tolkien's they need to get the they need to fuck off. Uh, they well. they're in danger here. Oh yeah, because they migrate back into being close yeah. to them. Yeah. So he, so they do, and then Loak decides, well, someone needs to tell Pyakin. No, they're not gonna. Yeah, and, he's an outcast, and they also mentioned, hey. If, how the waivers do is they throw a tracker on them. Yeah. And they're like, if one of your, you know, if the tokens tell them, if they have a tracker on them, they're marked for death and to come here to, like, you know, we can pull it out. Yeah. So, Payakin so, doesn't know. 
So they're gonna get. Yeah. They're obviously gonna go after him because he's still in the area. Yeah, and so they. So uh, Loak and all of the kids rally around him uh, to mm-hmm. go and, when Loak says he's determined to go uh, and warn Payakin, and they all go out to see Payakin, mm-hmm. and Payakin's already got the tracker in, and yep. they're trying to get it out, but then oh. The whaling boat's coming. coming. Miles Courage is here. Miles Courage is on it. He's fucking right. Him and his whole platoon of guys. Yeah. Him and his buddies. They're all flying the shit. They're all flying the little raptors. Like, uh uh-oh, shit's getting bad. Yeah. And so, here we have, uh, yeah, so, uh, Jake, they call Jake and Neytiri for help, so... The na the good the Navi are coming to save the, all of them. The, the sea Navi, the rest of yeah. them are like we're we're heading out for war. Let's do this fucking thing. And they're trying to save Payakin in time, and they get it out. They go hiding, but they are after some hiding. So captured are Loak, Took, and the daughter of the uh, the daughter of the sea Navi. Yes, yeah, so they're all taken because she kind of has like a like a like an early romance yeah. child romancey thing or like early teenager romancey thing with the second youngest kid. Also, another romance going on is, uh, and this is kept very subtle until like a hand holding at the end of the movie mm-hmm. is Spider and Kiri, mm-hmm. which will I'm sure cause some complications down the road. Uh, but uh, so yeah, but so anyways. Captured are uh, are Loak the daughter and took. Uh, so Jake Sully is told that he must trade his life for theirs. At this moment, I'm trying to remember. So much happens in this like extended fight sequence. Do the did the crab bots come out yet? Well, the crab bots have been out. Yeah. Yes, I fucking love oh my the, God, crab the crab bots. So the whalers have fucking. Robots that are just giant crabs with fists. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, oh my god. Like, I fucking, just the increase of, like, the variety is so interesting. Because yeah. in the first one, they're all, like, the same, like, generic mech. Yeah. And we see a couple of those in this one. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, there's, like, utility ones, which is just, they're they're a lot thinner. But they're just, like, you know, add yeah. a few inches, a few feet to their height. Yeah. And it's, like, you got those ones. You got the fucking spider, like you, you, yeah. know, you have the the crab bots. Yeah, I fucking love the crab bots. The crab bots are awesome. I'm like these are these are in these are such inspired designs for yes. these creatures. These creatures, these robots. Yeah. Top tier shit. Best of the year in terms of that stuff. Yeah. Like you cannot be beat. So, but yeah, so they. So Jake's about to to uh, trade his life for their for his children's. Oh, yeah, because he, you know, he has the gun, the general, uh... But, yeah, Miles Korch. Miles Korch has the gun to the kid's head. He's like, don't fucking tempt me. I will blow his brains out. And then, uh, but then, Payakin fucking Oh, my God, this moment. So we see, like, the tensions building, and Jake Sully's, like, you know, he's putting down his gun, and he's going towards them. And the, um, what's the general guy? Korich. Korich. I'll put him, I'll call him Korich. Korich basically says that even when Jake Sully gets here, he's still gonna kill him. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, don't, you know, don't kill them until he gets on board. Like, all the kids yeah. and him. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. No, that's not what he says, actually. I thought it was that. Jasper. 
Oh, buddy, slobbery. But, uh... But, uh... No, he says, don't kill... They have a bead on Jake, and they're like, don't kill him yet, or the Navi are just going to attack. Wait till he... Wait till Jake gets on the boat. Oh, God. Uh, but, uh, so... Yeah, so during this then, moment... Yeah. Whoosh, whoosh, Payakin is swirling beneath, and then he fucking jumps up <laughs> under the boat. Boom! Yeah. I'm like, bigger than a blue whale, I would say. Yeah. Smashes onto the whaler boat. Just fucking using his fins to crush people. It's so good! So Payakin, he's not getting back in onto the Tolkien based on the no-kill rule. He's very anti that rule. He's already he's already crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. How much farther can he go? But, but I fucking love I, I love that detail where not only is it the initial impact, but he's using his flippers to like fucking yeah. smack guys in the water and hit also, them around. There's just a lot of visual references to the climax of Moby Dick in this moment. <laughs> like one, Moby Dick also like jumps up and fucking smashes the uh, the Pequod to smithereens. Yeah, and then. And there's another one coming. Uh, but that is subverted into something much, much grosser. But uh, so but then so the uh the main the captain of the whaling boat is trying to uh is trying to harpoon Payakin. Uh, and he misses the first time and it it's like slides right off the top of his and crest. Blows the blows the ship up more. And I'm like, yes! And then, the second time, he again misses, but Payakin grabs the cord, spins it around himself, and fucking starts just dragging the boat along, <laughs> crashing it against the rocks, then fucking flipping it, catching the... Or he, fl- he flips the cord over the boat. Yeah, flips the cord over the boat, just pulls it through the boat... Just fucking stowers, stowing it. And during this, it. Yeah. yeah, during this time, the guy's arm gets caught gets in there. The evil, like the Ahab, evil whaler yeah. guy. So. He gets his arm caught in the in the in the cable, and you know, fucking, he's pulling, pulling, pulling on it, and then, then snap. The, the, the cord snaps. Just he fucking goes flying. His his whole uh, arm just ripped, cut just off. Cut off. And it's like, karma's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so then Payakin is out for the rest of the fight. Yeah. He's accomplished. What He's accomplished, he's accomplished all of his water basin. He's pretty much just fucking decimated the fleet. Yeah, and that like that initial yeah. strike he does gives the rest of the Navi confidence to attack. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh my god, like, you know, they're all distracted. Now's yeah. our time. <laughs> Which leads to a fucking sick fight. I always... <laughs> Man, it would suck to be a human... In yeah. combat in these movies, because those fucking, like, eight-foot-long arrows, yeah. just, it's like a pike going yeah. through your body. Like, it's so visceral. Yeah. And I love it. It's like, you know, they're driving the helicopter, and... Funk, tonk, yeah. <laughs> like, dead, immediately. Yeah. It's like, I do wonder... Uh, well, never mind, that's theory stuff. But, like, humans are so squishy <laughs> compared yeah. to the Navi. Like, yeah. they're getting mowed down, but, like, you know, so, yeah. shit's getting crazy on this ship. But yeah, so, uh, the older brother saves the saves the three, uh, then they, uh, they're all escaping, but then, uh, but then, uh, Loak's like, spider's on the boat, we gotta save spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Spider had, you know, done his best to contribute to the fight. He pretty much contributed by destroying the controls so the boat couldn't move. With a fire hydrant. Also hitting two guys in the head with yeah. it. He goes, so get off, but then they go back for Spider. Meanwhile, uh, uh, fucking Kiri and Look get caught uh, by Miles Courage and brought back to the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or took, not Look. Uh, uh, get caught and brought back to the boat. And then, so, complicated stuff of gut people getting off the boat, getting back, caught back on it. Uh, it then. Which is, I fucking love it. I love it. it's like this one yeah. big set piece that just keeps dynamically changing as it starts sinking and turning yeah. on its side. And I'm like, this is really. Reminds me of the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is one just big environment yeah. that is just constantly but changing. Halfway through the fight, the oldest brother gets shot, and they br- and they bring him out, and he dies. And his final words are, "I want to go home." Yeah. God. Uh, Holy shit. And it pans over afterwards because the older brother was following Loak back onto the boat for. Spider and Loak's hands are just covered in covered blood. blood. And I'm like imagery. That is that's saying something. But they have to go back on for Kiri's still on the boat, right? Yeah, it's Kiri and yeah, Tokes are on the boat. Yeah, they're still on the boat and the you know still being yeah you know still taken. And, and the guys Jake, are, um, uh this this is uh, so both. And this is not a knock on the movie, but both parents do something in this sequence that I find unforgivable in ways that are both interesting thematically and I think are going to be interesting going forward. Uh One, Jake's initial reaction being to blame Loak for his brother's death is fucking brutal and just, oh, God, Jake. And, like... It's, uh, it's poor Loak, my boy. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, speaking, of, just. I think there'd be a fun, and by fun I mean you die drinking game of drinking every time they say bro in this movie. <laughs> uh, it's three hours. That's a lot. And they say bro so many times. He's so dead. Double drink for cuz. Yeah. <laughs> so you say. So I know what the other terrible thing is, but I do. I do really like that moment where, um, mm-hmm. you know, the two parents, they have to, like, yeah. you know, because the, there's such a fucking yeah. grief, the mother especially, like... But they have to like, regroup, because... Oh but, like, you need to, like, harden your heart right yeah. now, like, we, you know, we still need to get our daughters back, like, yeah. we can deal, we have to bottle this up for a little bit, for, like, a couple yeah. hours, like, we cannot do this right now. But yeah, so Jake, so Jake and Nateri get back on the boat, and then uh, Spider goes as well, because Spider's the only one that knows... He tries to explain to Jake what a moon pool is, and uh, Jake is just so confused and flustered. He's like, uh, "Just fucking show me." Yeah, just come, just come on. Yeah, and like, which uh, did you know what a moon pool was before? I I'd heard of a moon pool before. I understood the concept, but uh, I mean, Jake's already also been like in yeah. in fantasy. Anatomy yeah, no, this like, isn't like a thing against the moon. Okay, but like, but yeah, so like, yeah, so he, yeah. but yeah, so. They're all back on. They're back on the boat. Everyone but Loak, who's told to stay back because he's done enough. Uh, and yeah, oh, I think there's some reckoning coming there. Yeah, and then uh, it 
turns into a standoff where Korich has Kiri uh, hostage, a knife to her throat, and is like, Jake, give yourself to me, or, or I'm going to kill her. And then Neytiri does the unforgivable thing. Yeah. Where she grabs Spider and puts him hostage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I I don't know if I don't know if we mentioned that uh the general is Spider's dad. No, we we mentioned okay. that. So the general yeah, the general is Spider's you know yeah. he's like not biologically, but like he has all the memories. Yeah. He, he, basically they're they're father and son, but like with a weird yeah. difference. And so it's so that's a big thing where it's like, oh my god, like, yeah. she's holding this kid who he's known his entire life yeah. hostage. Yeah, she, and, and that's, she you know, cuts him across the chest. She very clearly does, she is not just bluffing here. She very clearly I thought she killed him for a second. Same. I, I really thought Spider was about to I was like, what? Because, like, she yeah. does it one time as, like, a, like a you know, like a threat, like she's yeah. you know, going to go deeper. And she does the first time, and there's, like, you know, red right there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, she just do it. And she, she cut it, but it didn't, like, go all the way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that shows, you know, she's got some prejudices. She's known this kid yeah. pretty much his entire life. Like, she, like connected with her, she's very similar to like you know Jesus girl. Yeah. So like, to just casually throw him away like that. Ooh, <laughs> there's some layers here. Yeah, and then, uh, so that one we've got, and then we've also got. Uh, no, so wait, that's not a. Hold on. So there's a standoff. So, yeah, we're in the this standoff, and then the surprising thing: both she and Corish are like. Tough talking, like, oh, I, I don't care. I'd definitely kill this kid. No, I'd kill this kid so much harder than you could. <laughs> and then Korich is the one that backs down. Yeah, he's the which one that is blinks. the most interesting moment for his character arc. Same. I'm like, like oh shit, like, because yeah. I, I, what was interesting for me is, yeah, I think this is it's not a thing that comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, you can tell throughout the movie that, like, he does care about Spider. Yeah. It's like, he doesn't know how to show it. Yeah. But, like, you know, he gets off Spider from being tortured. He's like, hey, you know, I like your spunk kid. Yeah. Like, he, it's like he's trying to become the dad now. Yeah. But he doesn't quite know how. And it's like, well, bare minimum, you know, what's that thing, Jigsaw? A father protects? Yeah. Bada bing. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna do it. And it's just, ah, uh, it's... Like, the fact, the... The fact the villain of the film stands down before one of the more Hero, center, yeah. yeah, one of the heroes is, and that's a fucking amazing choice. Then they're all leaving, and Korch says, "You're like, yeah, like goading Jake." You and oh, we're getting to Jake Silly's coolest moment in the movie, real quick, which I can tell by your grin. You also agree it's his coolest moment, where he's like, "Really, Jake." I'm not gonna stop hunting you. And then Jake Silly just like, you see the change in his eyes, and he's like, well, let's get it done then. And <laughs> fucking charges at him, and oh my god, it's so cool! It's fun. <laughs> it's the most badass thing Jake Silly has ever done. <laughs> let's get it done then, come on. Yeah. And it's a Which lesser it, movie, a lesser yeah. movie now. This is, you know, we know there's gonna be three more of these. Yeah. We, like, they did not know that in the first Avatar movie, but yeah. they know that now. They have things yeah. coming in the pipeline. 
it would have been so easy to stop the movie, to end the movie there. Yeah, have Jake. Where it's just like, really, yeah, he goes, yeah. he rises above and he goes, no, I, I need to protect my family. And he goes, and you know, he leaves, yeah. he's like, Jake, get back here. Ah, the end. But, no. <laughs> oh my God. Let's get it done then. It's just so fucking cool. It's such a badass line. And him, oh my God, it's a fucking fisticuffs. I think it's also just a better version of the same type of line from the first one, which they even show in the movie at a point. Oh of yeah. The, you, I'm not gonna stop, Jake. Well, I was kind of hoping. I was counting on that. But let's get it done. Then is so much cooler. You're like, oh yeah. shit, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're not part twoing this, huh? Like, like just. That's a fucking brutal fight. Yeah, so then the rest of the family can't escape because the oil's caught fire from the ship and is, like, surrounding them. Yeah, it's, well, it's half the family is stuck out of the ship. Yeah. The, uh, the mother and the youngest child are stuck in the boat, or yeah. in the ship as it's going down. Yeah, but Loak comes and saves Kiri. So Loak and Kiri are on top of the boat. Uh, then, um... Jake and Korich are fighting in the boat. Jake wins the fight. He, like, chokes Korich out. Well, he's about to lose, and the boat shakes enough to yeah. where he can get the upper hand. And he chokes Korich out, and you think, oh, Korich is dead. But Yeah, I was like, man, that's a little anticlimactic, isn't it? Yeah, but that's... Compared to how the first one ended. Then... How, how he died the first time. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, Korich... Uh, Spider goes down into the boat, and... Well, he's been... Dead. No, he, he does go down in the boat. His face mask means he's essentially got a scuba gear. Yep. Uh, but, uh, and he debates whether or not he should save his dad, and he ultimately is like, ah. It's not easy, too. He gets the minute. F-bomb of the, of the PG-13. He does. Go fucking spider. Yeah. Spider. That's why I had to... Break our rule and defend a little bit and defend Spider when Jay called Spider a weasel and I was like, no, Spider is the most complex character here. I love Spider. He's a very, yeah. it's very complex. His thing. So yeah. he's deliberating: Do I save my dad or not? Which you know, mm -hmm. not but he's not biological dad or anything, but it's his dad. Like the memory is everything. So it's like you know. And we had also seen that we had seen and we kind of glossed over it. Because uh, it doesn't really land itself all to plot. Uh, he does have, a, you know, a couple moments in the movie that are all, like, facial acting. One, he seems genuinely disturbed by Jake and Natiri when he sees the footage of his dad being killed. Yeah, of them, like... Yeah. And it's very interesting, because it's like, well, when we're watching this, it's like, yeah, kill him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, wow, that's a badass line, but it's like... If you were looking at that and that was your dad, yeah. it's like, I was hoping you'd say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a villain origin story right there. Yeah, and so, and then also, he had, when he, when Korich manages to bond with a Banshee or a Kran, uh, he, uh, he clearly has a shit ton of respect for his dad in that moment. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, he did it. Like, yeah. yeah, and, but so... Yes, the spider saves him. I fucking love um, the moment where... I knew it was going... I, I figured that I was going to reveal it uh, more explicitly, but there's a there's an editing choice. Remember, it's it's way earlier in the movie, 
where Spider is talking like, man, I wish I knew who my dad was. Hard cut. No, he doesn't say, man, I wish I knew who my dad was. He's like, ugh. Like, he's lamenting the fact that he knows his dad was Miles Korch. Oh, yeah, he's like, something like, like, you're you're not your father or something. Yeah, and then it cuts from Spider to to Korich. To Korich, like, on a transport to, like, one of the cities humans are trying to build. And it's... And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, and... Like, because you don't know before that. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. That's a great moment. So, he, yeah, he decides to save his, save the day, Miles Corwich. Yeah, and so he, but yeah, so then, uh, Loak has to go in and he saves his dad, who is almost drowned, and even when Jake's about to die, he cannot say to Loak that it wasn't your fault. Did you also clock that? Like, he's like, He's like, Dad, I, it, it's all my fault, like, when uh, when they're in the air bubble, and he's, like, and Jake doesn't say, no, it's not. He doesn't give, like, what you'd expect from this kind of movie of, like, a, of, like, a, no, I, I was overreacting. Like, a reconciliation, like, oh, Jake Sully's just, changing, like, he, he's, he's learning moment. Yeah, he just tells him, you can't think about that now. Yeah. And, but then, so, Loak... Calms his dad down with the way of water to hold his breath longer, and they swim out. Yes. Uh, then, Neytiri and Took think they're about to drown it well, out. Well, the, the whale saves them. He helps them out at the end to get them up. Oh, yeah, that's the final one, that the whale, uh, that uh, Payakin... Uh, yeah, Payakin gets yeah. Jake Sully and his kid out when they're about to, like, not make yeah. it up. And then, so, uh, Kiri communes with these oxygen-giving fish uh, and goes in and saves Neytiri and uh, and Took. And then the family's together. Yeah. And there's a nice speech about how the Sullys stay together. Yeah. And... Cutting to the, uh, the funeral of the uh, old Yeah, child. but also Spider... Drops his dad off. Oh, yeah. And then refu- leaves him, uh, refuses to, you know, stay, goes back with the Sully's. Yes. Which, that must be an awkward conversation between him and uh, the lady who just tried to kill him. Yeah. Who was uh, threatening to kill him yeah. the next day. But so, uh, so yeah, so then they have a funeral for the eldest son. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, it's uh, it ends on a really touching and quiet moment in which well first they're like we can leave we cause enough trouble we can leave then the chief of the water navi just says you you guys are a member of our tribe now we you're you protect our own like, yeah you're you and can stay here then jake and Atiri go and commune with the tree of souls and they go and in, into a flashback it like live in this dream, go into this dreamlike slash flashback like state where they which talk we saw in the intro in the in the intro sequence. Huh. Yeah, it, it was like yeah. a very short moment in the intro where we see uh, the older the oldest son get a fish. Oh, yeah, it's in the intro and now it's here towards yeah. the epilogue. And it's a really beautiful moment where Jake is like trying to keep it together for. Not even for his son, just for the memory of his son to not be freaked out. And then yeah. Neytiri's watching, and Jake then does a final monologue where he talks about a, uh, where 
he talks about how it's you know it's better if you're trying to stay safe by constantly fleeing your homeland you might as well be dead so they're not running anymore yeah and then we get a we get i think that's the same shot as yeah, the first it, one it's a Jake Jake's eyes are closed in the tr- plugged in tree souls we push in on his face he opens his eyes like the uh, final shot of Avatar 1. Boom! Avatar, way of water. Avatar, the way of water. Yeah. And fucking people clapped. <laughs> I clapped. People, I clapped. I, yeah. I hooted and hollered. And <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. What a fucking movie. Yeah. Um, long movie. I'm shocked I did not have to take a piss break. Same. I was getting, like, <laughs> I've been prepping for two days, which... As Jay said when I was telling him my water prepping, uh, he said... <laughs> Two meanings yeah. in water prepping. <laughs> yeah. Jay told me, very point blank, people do not put this much work into preparing for anal. Which is true. That's like a, a half a day's prep. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, I can't miss a second of it. And then I remember going in you're like... Okay, if I need to, I'm gonna wait for this the little sneak peek we saw at the yeah. end of the first. There's like a three minute scene that they showed at the end of Avatar One, the, the re-release. Uh, that I was like, okay, this is my awesome. ripcord moment. If yeah. I need to go, I go. Then that happened. I I'm sure I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen at like hour and a half into this movie. So like that's a good moment, and. Nope, I made it all the way through. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised because also there's yeah. so much water in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you figured if any movie was going to make you go, it would be this one. But yeah, so that... So yeah, that was Avatar The Way of Water. That was. And now I'm interested in talking about a little bit of, a little bit of theories. Where are we going from here? Because there's... there's Isn't there... There's three more plans. There's three, four, and five. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. There are... Five Avatar movies to go. Interesting set. Interesting number. Well, no, there's three Avatar movies Sorry, to go. three to go now. And I'm pretty sure three are going to be a trilogy. The third is going to create a trilogy proper, and the other two, because that's after Cameron gets off the boat, are uh, are different. Uh, are going to be a different director. So I think... I think Jake Sully probably dies in Avatar 3. Honestly, I'm that surprised was my both. Too. I'm honestly surprised both Jake and Natiri made it out of this movie. But yeah, they had moments. I'm like, is this where they're yeah. gonna do something? Yeah. So I, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that Avatar three will be like the big conclusion to this. Yeah. Like, and then maybe four and five will be more not side stories, but more like okay, you, you don't need these for the main three. Yeah. Like, maybe it's following the kids and what they're doing and something else yeah. comes up. I don't think it will be, we don't get the payoff for all of this until movie five. Yeah. Because that's, that's just not plausible. But, um... I think... Yeah. So, some things I think are going to happen besides Jake Sully dying at the end of three. I think... I think Kiri and Spider are going to have a child... Okay. And uh, that will cause complications. One, because of oh, theories. One, a whole new level of, uh, of na- Navi racism coming in. And two, like that now. Oh, God. I may have an extra finger, but why the fuck are you pink? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, 
Which like what, is what like, would a what would a Navi fuck uh, human, human hybrid? Yeah, look like. Does that exist? Not yet. Well, well, not that I mean as a is that a biological possibility? Do we know that from either of these movies? I don't know, but the two clearly have a crush on each other. But also, it's gonna have to be like a a fucking teenage pregnancy, or she'll be like way too big, like. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because currently, yeah. her and him are not that dissimilar in size. Yeah, she's like a little taller than him. Yeah. He's just dating Netflix's tall girl. But <laughs> Exactly. But, like, I, I don't I don't know, because, like, yeah. what would that look like? Because I'm, I'm sure they'd be like, we don't want to make it to look creepy. Yeah. Like, there's such a good possibility with that, yeah. if they just, like, half-see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Uncanny Valley and all that. This film fucking clears that shit by a mile with yeah. how good the Navi look. But I'm saying if you start adding more, like, explicit human elements, mm-hmm. it could be kind of hard. Yeah. But, um, I think one of the biggest ones is that, um, yeah, she's gonna be Jesus. Like, I think that given that Sigourney Weaver's avatar interacted with the world tree yeah. at the end of the first one, and it said, oh, she didn't connect or whatever, whatever... I think that led yeah. to her pregnancy of this kid. Oh, entirely. Yeah, and this kid had, you know, and this kid is kind of like an embodiment of, yeah, you know, the the, the, the world, the planet. Yeah. And I wonder where they're going to go with that. I wonder if it's going to be like, yeah. you know, she controls. I can imagine she does something in this movie, you know, yeah. controlling, you know, fucking woods and creatures and all these things to, like, attack, you know, to stave off humanity, like... Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things you can go with for that. I definitely think that the three leads of the series are going to turn out to be Loak, Kiri, and Spider are going to continue to be the leads. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be more Spider and his dad drama. Uh, yeah, that's that's such an interesting element to it. Yeah, it's, Where I'm like, where is he going to go? Like, do, do you... Like, is a redemption arc possible? I don't. I don't. I don't want think Forge it. To yeah. Be I don't think it's gonna be a redemption arc, but I feel like I'm okay with just having a a villain, a co- an actually emotionally complex villain, not just this. Oh, he's got a good, he's got a good plan, but he kills civilians, kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of thing. But like, just like a guy who like. Nah, this guy's evil, but he does have complex feelings towards our protagonists. And like, yeah, like his son. Yeah. Especially if they have a kid. Yeah. Of what you're talking about. And then, but so I think. And then you've got Loak is going to I think become the like leader. The new Jake Sully. Yeah, the leader of some tribe of Avatar, and. I just want Loak to get respect. <laughs> I get no respect. No respect at all. It's the first in it. So I I think that this movie is a fantastic sequel. Yes. It does everything. It is both a very great movie to watch, mm-hmm. and it made me go from someone who was not interested at all what the fuck the series is going to be doing to going, huh, I wonder where the spider dad stuff's gonna go. Yeah. Like, it added these things in, which is extremely surprising, because like I said, the original was never supposed to have more movies. Yeah. Before it became a huge success, you know? So the fact that a sequel could come in and just create that from its own one movie? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. 
crazy stuff. So pl- everybody, just, please go see Avatar: The Way of Water. It is that fucking good. And like, I mean, there are like three leading characters in there who have complex arcs and emotional stuff. And okay, this moment didn't come up in the plot synopsis because it's not really plot synopsis worthy. But I, it, very early in the movie, was moved to tears by the se- the tenderness of the scene in which Kiri hugs. Grace's Avatar's tube and says, hey mom, and then watches videos of old vi- uh, diary, video diary recordings of her mother. Wow. That just, I don't know why, but that emotionally worked for me. You don't, I didn't even really, I just I just went with it that Sigourney Weaver was voicing her eventually. Yeah, eventually I like, yeah, that got, go. I got, I got over that eventually, even though she very clearly does not sound like a teenager. <laughs> no. Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah. So, yeah, f- folks, go see Avatar The Way of Water. It's well fucking worth it. Especially in IMAX. That's what we saw in it. Fucking gorgeous. Gorgeous movie. Yeah. Gorgeous. Fucking yeah. three hours of visual bliss. Well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we, because this is the last episode we're, we're recording this year. That's the end of it. Uh, we wanted to bring up what our favorite movies this year were. Yeah, as a last little little stinger at the end, because we won't be seeing y'all until, or you'll be listening to us for the rest of this year. I'm gonna do my top ten. Bran is going to do. Well, <laughs> here's our diff. Well, I thought it would be fun if you did ten, I did ten, you did nine, I did nine, kind of thing. Yeah. Because it'd be really funny to see the contrast. In the oh, so you got a top I have ten, ten, and folks, I gotta tell you right now, I think I only saw ten movies total that came out this year. Okay, so. Seven yeah. through ten of for me are genuinely probably just terrible movies. Yeah, but I gotta put them on there because it's the only ones I saw. Okay, and if you're the first one to mention the movie, give a little synopsis of it and what yes. you liked about it. Uh, and if you want to, or didn't like, <laughs> but so all right, my number so, ten. Yeah, Bear, what is your number ten? These are all movies that came out in 2022. I saw a lot of great movies, not too many that came out in 2022. Uh, Martin McDonough's new film, The Banshees of Inishirin, which is a dark comedy uh, that's the first film I've seen that's really about a friend breakup in a serious way. Like, it's very almost soul drain. It's on HBO Max. I recommend you watch it. It's, oh, cool. uh, but yeah, so like, pretty much Brandon Gleason and Colin Farrell are like lifelong friends, farmers in like rural 1800s Ireland. And one day, uh, Gleason just tells uh, Colin Farrell, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Don't talk to me. Mm. And it escalates from there in, like, eventually him being like, okay, you're not getting it, so every time you talk to me from now on, I'm going to cut a finger off. My own finger off. Okay, this sounds a little ridiculous. It is, and it's amazing. Okay, it's but really it's still... really soul-crushing. But it's still... A, okay. Because I'm like... <laughs> yeah. So okay, then, so it's a movie, number 10. Okay, you ready for... Uh, my number 10. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> that's my second... That's my number 31. My second lead... Er, 32, I guess, now. Now that I've seen 33 <laughs> films for, from this year. But, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. You, you not, guys have heard us talk about Jurassic World Dominion. Keep in mind, this is the bottom... 
these are the these are more like the ten movies I saw this year ranked best to worst. Yeah. But uh, Jurassic World Dominion is fucking terrible. It is so boring and so long, and there's nothing enjoyable. In terms, these are more about like for the bad, the worst ones. I just rated it by enjoyability. I had a miserable time with Jurassic Park Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. Miserable time. That's it. That's all I have to say. Okay. What so, do you got? Uh, Men. Alex Garland's new film, which is an A24 horror movie in which uh, Jessie Buckley, after uh, her abusive husband, uh, kills himself in front of her. Uh, she, go- she goes to a, uh, for a retreat to a cottage where ev- in a town where every single man looks the exact same. It's played by the same actor in a series of wigs. And it escalates from there into... Um, it felt... Honestly... As... As someone who goes out into the world as a woman. As a woman. Uh, there's this... Sense of... Low-key terror with any man you don't know too well. Uh, in different ways of like... Trying to suss out intention. Just because it can be dangerous... You know, like, I've had, I've been enough times on the subway, sexually harassed, I've been groped, I've been, you know, threatened violently. Uh, so there's just a, a low, a low-key terror that, you know, that persists. And you don't let, you don't, you try at least not to let influence your interactions with strangers, but it's always there a little bit. And this feels like such a good personification of that, and like... Really got under my skin. Really? This is yeah. your number nine, because it sounds yeah. like you had a deep, like a strong it's, connection with it. Yeah, it, I, well. I'm sure a lot of, um. I really love a lot, female, a lot of my top ten people. Yeah, actually, it, this movie was kind of hated. People thought it was really, really pretentious, and like. Like, uh, bo- bo- both sides of the aisle, or? Or, sorry, both, fe- like, female identifying people, male identifying people, just everybody? Yeah. Or just, like. Yeah, I seem to be an, a real outlier here, uh, oh. but, uh. Yeah, so, now you're number nine. Marmaduke, 2022, starring Pete Davidson as Marmaduke. I didn't even fucking know there was a new Marmaduke. It is, okay, on a technical level, this is a much worse movie than Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on a technical level, this movie is, looks, this movie looks a fuckload worse than like your worst illumination picture. Like the 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 character designs are fucking terrible. The story is fucking nonsense. Uh half of the things are just like just poop jokes and and fart jokes and all the stupid low brow kid shit. The only reason this is above Jurassic World Dominion for me is because I saw I uh I streamed it on Discord with some of my friends. And we roasted the shit out of it, and it was really funny because there were so many animation errors. Where there would be, like, Marmaduke would fucking clip through the sky, or, like, clip, I'm sorry, through the ground. Uh, There'd be moments where, like, you know, like, the cartoony thing where, like, the eyeballs are popping out of his head because he sees something. Imagine that, but the eyeballs, when they go back, go too far back into his fucking skull for a frame or two. Because it's a smear frame, so it's hard to see. But yeah. if you pause at the right moment, they're going back into his head and then back out. Yeah. Just 
fucking horrible, horrible, terrible movie that I had a very enjoyable time with watching with friends. All right. That was my number nine. My number eight is Top Gun Maverick, a mm-hmm. movie we saw together. It's a, it's a reboot of, but not reboot, but it's soft a soft reboot. Uh, yeah, of the original. But I don't Top think there'll Gun. be more question mark. I don't know. But it's really good action. Uh, a really charming Tom Cruise performance. Just really invigorating action. It's a movie that, honestly, I keep having to justify why it's on my top ten list of people. You don't have to. It, I mean, It's I, got a good vibe. It does, but I keep having to justify it because uh, the way I let my politics influence the art I see as, is a pronounced thing. <laughs> and people are surprised when I've got that. And it's like, I don't know, it feels... I think in a world without the MCU, it probably would not have made my top ten. I probably would have been... Uh, liked it a lot less and not just been able to lose myself in the craft of it uh but in a world where honestly if you think about it's actually anti-capitalist because it's striking out about the against the capitalist hegemony of the mcu by existing as its own thing so ha it is leftist to like the military ad take that Boom! Next one, your turn. What's your number eight? <laughs> you got him. <laughs> Destroyed leftist. Oh, God. All right. So, my next one is uh, number eight. Is. Yeah, this will be my number eight. Chippendale Rescue Rangers <laughs> from 2022. It made me laugh. I had a few laughs in there. It was, for me as someone like, you know, in the animation space or anything, fun law, I love the little inside jokes. I am very annoyed that afterwards I, I found out that the puppet, the Muppet chef guy was CJ. Why? Yeah, right? Why? That could not have been cheaper. No. So, like, that was annoying, but I loved the sequence of, Dorkin, Dorkin, do you want some cheese? And then they say, do you have any stinky cheese? And then the eyebrows just... Are you cops? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love I love that part. I don't I don't think it, like I said, it's only on there because it's one of the only movies I watched this year that came out this year. But I had an enjoyable time with it, even though, you know, some of it felt very Disney masturbating, masturbatory. But um I had some fun laughs from it. Yeah. What's yours? What's your uh what's your number seven? The Woman King. Really? Which is about a a, which is a you know a f- very fictional film, but about a real historical group of women warriors in in uh, in Africa, uh, where it's just well, one. It's a pulse pounding action film. A lot of great action scenes, uh, but also just Viola. The thing that gets it beyond like Top Gun for action, uh, not for action. It, Action is not above Top Gun, but uh, it's centered around an absolutely devastating performance from Viola Davis. Like, I honestly think Viola Davis's best performance as the leader of this of this group, uh, and she, uh, like, it, it's just it's a Viola Davis powerhouse of acting. There's this scene. In where she get, has a confession mm-hmm. 
to the film's protagonist. So Davis is the lead, but she's not the protagonist, which I think are two distinct things. Often, like often they go hand in hand, but they are two distinct things. I think the lead is like what the biggest role, the role that really has to carry the thing is, and most important one is, whereas the protagonist is the person who we follow's arc. And it does definitely follow another character's arc more, though Davis is the most important character. Okay. Similar to Moby Dick, Ahab, I'd say, is the most important character. He's the lead. Mm-hmm. But Ishmael is the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, The Woman King at number seven. Wow. My number seven, Sonic 2. <laughs> I liked Sonic 2. <laughs> it's it, it was a... I, I really liked Jim Carrey as Robotnik. He had some fun little moments. I enjoyed that, um... I enjoyed that, ooh, Shadow's coming in three! And I really liked that one wedding scene. <laughs> the wedding part where it was revealed yeah. that the whole thing was a CIA set. That was funny. It was very funny. Yeah. So, th- this was my... Okay, this is where it's starting to be in the good ones for me. Okay. Onwards, we are in we are in movies I actually think are good, but I did really I did have a good time in Sonic Two. Okay, so my number six. Number six, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, that's the weird CG uh, live no, action. No, one. no, no. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio, also from this year, is my least favorite movie of the year. It's at number zero and right. Well, not number zero. Number it's zero. At number oh my 33. god! It's above your number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but Del Toro's Pinocchio one. It's, cl- it's oh my god! It's, it's number zero. It's it's eleven. It, oh my god! We're doing the top eleven. We like to go one step beyond. But so, but yeah. So Del Toro's Pinocchio is just uh-huh. one. It's the most beautiful that stop motion has ever looked. I am thoroughly convinced of that. Two. It's just such a beautiful film, and it's one that I think. Um, I recently lost my grandfather, and I think, before, this was after I saw the movie, I don't think I could return to the movie for a bit, because it's so thematically tied to the idea of loss of family, uh, and it's just real, one, it's just cooking on all gas creatively, it constantly send, sends chills down my spine, uh, Kate Blanchett voices a monkey, and the monkey doesn't have, like, dialogue. Just, Kate Blanchett just makes monkey noises. Beautiful. But, uh... Zero notes. Yeah, Zero so that's notes. my number six. A movie you haven't seen yet. I'm going to see. Yeah. Number six for me was Turning Red. Ah, I like Turning Start, Red. Um, we're getting into the good movies now. I, I think it's very interesting, because the, um, the director of this, you know... We're now starting to get more millennial directors who have who are nostalgic for periods that are closer to when we were actually kids. Yeah. So like a lot of the you know, the culture surrounding or sorry, the culture of the movie's time period, it's feeling closer to what I would have, you know, what we actually yeah. remember versus like nineties stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know any of this fucking shit. Yeah. Like it's it was a very interesting period to be in. Boy bands and you know tamagotchis and all these things. Yeah. But I think it's a you know it's a very good message underneath it all, and I love uh, the giant kaiju at the end. That is fun. It's a very fun, very fun movie. Uh, the soundtrack is still stuck in my head, and it is on my Spotify repeat quite often. 
the the boy band song and the actual theme yeah are are frequently played i think they're in my spotify wrapped this year all right so fun fun stuff yeah what you got what's your number five my number five is bones and all bones which and is, all oh such a haunting movie so it's a a rom- a romantic horror film mm-hmm. about where Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell play two teenage cannibals who find each other and go on a road trip. <laughs> You're just laughing because this sounds like such a me movie, aren't you? <laughs> two can two teenage cannibals no, so go it's on like, a road trip. So it's like within the world of the movie, like there are like cannibalism is like there are cannibals who are like you know, it's like a almost like a vampire kind of thing. It's like a, a genetic disposition. These people are like almost magical beings. And like okay. so two So it's a world okay, so it's not our world. It I mean it is but it isn't. It's like, it's it, not a hundred percent our world. Yeah. It's not like, oh, there's just these two guys who are cannibals it's so, on a road trip. It's so beautiful. Because it's, I don't know, it uses, it's, it uses its, uh, the cannibalism at times for, as a queer metaphor, at times for, like, a, a metaphor of just finding love after being, doing bad, uh, but, like, it's, and in a way where I, I really, it really touched me. It touched me in, like, can you, can you love another when you cannot love yourself? when you think that you're monstrous. And it, uh, it's constant, it's just so hauntingly beautiful, frequently disturbing. Like, oh God, there's a, there's a sequence halfway through where they meet another team of cannibals and they learn that one of the guys doesn't even have like the genetic, pre- the, like the predisposition where he's compelled to eat flesh. He just likes he's it. He's doing it for fun. Uh, and they are so fucking uh, disturbed. And the cannibals are disturbed. Guns, also, Mark but... Rylance gives a really fun, very murmury performance as the as like a sub, in a supporting role as this other cannibal with this big ass ponytail who just walks around muttering, talking in the third person. You don't like Sully? Oh, Sully likes you. I'm Sully. Ooh, ooh, quite a, Sully. Quite, quite interesting tones going into this. It's so good. It's so good. It's Luca Guadagnino, who his two films before this, I think, speak really well to this being a combination. Because, I mean, he's made more films than two, but the, his previous two films before this point were Call Me By Your Name. Uh-huh. And then the Suspiria remake. Which is... Cannibals? No, Suspiria is like this fucking fucked up witch horror movie. Oh, jeez. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. Where Dakota Johnson literally cuts her own chest open and rips her heart out. Uh, but, uh... Dang. Yeah, so... Dakota Johnson, she's got... Or, sorry, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. I was about to say, she's also Princess Peach. <laughs> That's Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. She's got range. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... so uh, yeah. yeah, my number five is Top Gun Maverick. Ah, okay. Same, uh, for similar reasons to you, it is, I really enjoy what Tom Cruise is doing in the action movie genre, doing these real practical stunts and all this fun stuff. It is a very enjoyable, fun movie. Yeah. That's number five. What's your number four? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Really? Yes. 
Okay. So that, I, I mean, I really enjoyed everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. I find it's... I find its messaging of optimism very uh, emotionally effective. I think, uh, well, I don't want to fuck his name up. Uh, well, I think Stephanie Zhu, uh, Michelle Yao, and uh, the guy who's gonna probably win Best Supporting Actor this year, uh, Ki, uh, Ki Hui Kwan. Uh, yeah. As the husband, uh, Wayman. I, I would think he would be stumped if not. Yeah. What a fucking performance. Oh my god. They're all excellent. It's a very, it's a very inventive, fun movie. That's my number four. Okay. Cool. It's a fun time. So, my number four is The Northman. The Northman. Ooh. I had a good time with this movie. I did not think it was as good as The Lighthouse. That was my favorite of his so far. But I did think this had some really fun actions to it. Very, yeah. like, uh, you know, interesting, like, fun little story about, oh my god, I gotta, like, take revenge for yeah. my father and, you know, generational things and the world, the tree and all this fun stuff. And, like, oh, I had just finished playing God of War and I was like, I'm into the Norse shit. Oh my god. Spoiler for the Northman a bit here. Ugh. The scene... Where Nicole Kidman tries to come on to her own son is like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, God, it's so fucked. Yeah, I, I like the Northman a lot. I, uh, I had two issues with it. Uh, one, it's so sleek and well-made that it's really undeniable. Really good time. Sophie and I saw it together. It was, uh, we had fun. Uh, but one... Not enough Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> that could be one. But no, it's, uh, I thought the... The use of, of sexual violence against women felt like, I don't know. I go back and forth on if that's texturing of the world or if that's gratuitous uh, but you know that made me feel uneasy and not in a productive way while watching it uh, then the other is uh, I, I just think when Nicole Kidman tells uh, you know tries to tell Amleth that uh, his father never loved him that feels very dramatically inert as a moment because one we know that the father did love him so like it's like We've explicitly seen that Ethan Hawke loved his son. Yeah, this so what's the story? Yeah, yeah, but so, but other than that, really fun time, really good action. The Nightblade feeds. Ooh, yes, fun uh, stuff. The wolf pelt sequence and the coming in. Yeah. So now Quite we're on number four. Or, no, number three. Number three. All right. What is your number three? I was introduced to a very lovely lady this year. Mm-hmm. Lydia Tarr! <laughs> I knew it was going to show up somewhere. <laughs> because my give, current give, Twitter name is Lydia Tarr's EGOT. Give me, give me the rundown here. I know nothing about this. Okay, so Tarr is a three-hour film. Oh, not three hours. It's like 240. About a conductor. Okay. Lydia Tarr. Is, Lydia Tarr is the fictional name of this character. Yes. Okay. Played by Kate Blanchett. Uh, okay. who is like one of the top conductors and composers of the modern world uh, and 
Uh, she's an EGOT winner. That's talked about in the opening scene, which is why my Twitter handle is currently Lydia Tars EGOT. It's about as she's about to create to finish like the good like the bow upon her career, uh, where she's so she's trying to have recordings done of all of Mahler's sym- symphonies. Who Mahler's a big composer. And she's got his. She's got the final one she has to do with him with her orchestra. Is Mahler? Is this guy also fictional? No, Mahler's a real guy. He's a big thing in the music okay, world. Okay, so he's okay. So and she's about so like, but like, re- conducting recordings of all of his symphonies is like a big deal. Uh, and so she's about to get. She's on the precipice of that. The apex of her career. Yes. When. Slowly throughout the movie, it's kind of a building ball of a. Are the, is she, this spoilers? Is this spoilers, by the way? No, this is Act One stuff. Okay. Uh, she grooms her stu- her college students. She works in an academy, and oh she has, God. and she has multiple. She has multiple. Uh, Men well, and women, or just no? She's a lesbian, so oh, it's only uh, so she has all of these attractive, all, like she gets like attractive young college women. Uh, she grooms into having sexual relationships with her, and the allegations are slowly building as like rumors, and then like okay. actual allegations throughout the movie, and that's the idea. Do you, also, do you, do you think that you know maybe the rest of the well, you don't want to say the spoiler stuff or change it. Do you think the decision to... So she firmly sounds like you're not supposed to root for this person. You're not. Okay. I mean, I think it's more complex than that. I don't it's, think it's, it's a movie very concerned with whether or not you root for Lydia Tarr. Okay. I think... I was going to yeah. say is that um, mm-hmm. I, I when, I, when I hear that, I think that the fact they chose, okay, she needs to be a woman with the, the grooming stuff for the students, I think... To me, when I hear that, it's like they want to add this level of complexity. I mean, I think... Because if it was a guy, if it's a male composer, it's, you know, the audience is so, like, in tune now with the Me Too stuff. It's like, oh, that guy's a fucking monster. Like, you know, burn him at the stake and stuff. Which is good. There's been a lot of that shit recently. Like, that is a good, necessary thing that needs to, you know, that's a thing that should be happening when that happens, but... Yeah, I think that's certainly... uh, That's certainly... A perspective, but I also think it's almost, it's important because I feel like if you want to do a movie about sexual abusers, often that would mean, like, that for something to talk about a topic that disproportionately, that, you know, disproportionately affects women in the world, Mm -hmm. you would have to be giving a giant, pretty much giving the most complex giant role to a man. Yeah. But by making Lydia Tarr a lesbian... Uh, and played by Kate Blanchett, you can have this movie be about be you know talk about this issue, but with centering a strong, very strong, probably gonna win the Oscar and deservedly so performance from Kate Blanchett. Uh, and so it's just it's really good. It's I really recommend it. It's a lot more fun than you think based on that. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> it's a very dark comedy, I'd say. Okay. But uh, well, is it current? Is it currently out in the theaters? Has it just left the theaters? I, it, it left, I think it's out of theaters by now. But not uh, like on a streaming thing yet. It it'll probably like. be on a streaming soon. Uh, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that cool. is tar. Also, I'm not going to tell you how it comes in. Mm-hmm. But a prominent plot point in the film is the video game Monster Hunter. In this film that is definitely going to be nominated for Best Actress and Best Picture, might win both of those, Monster Hunter is a very important plot point. Oh my god. It's come full circle. <laughs> Monster Hunter was one of the worst movies ever made, and now it's going to be in one yeah. of the Best Picture nominees. It's all come around. Yes. What was he cooking? Was he cooking? <laughs> all right. What's your okay. number three? Uh, my number three is nope. Okay. This is my number three this year. I, I think I know how your number two and one are gonna play <laughs> out then. Yeah. So my number three is nope, and my number three is nope. I saw it in theaters with you, uh, and I. I had a great time with this movie. I'm like, this is one of the best of the year. Yeah. Uh, immediately, I'm like, this is... I love this, like, cinematography of it. I love, like... There's these, you know... I, I think that it... You know, the monkey, the whole monkey thing that it comes yeah. in the beginning and then comes towards the end. Yeah. I had a whole different direction. I thought it was going to be, like, the they turned people into monkeys with a ray or something. And yeah. Thankfully, it was not that. I'm like, yeah. that would be dumb. But um, it was a really interesting movie. I'm like, this is, this is good shit. Like in real time, I'm not. I think, would you classify this more as a thriller than a horror? I definitely classify it as a horror. I mean, it's def it's structured like Spielberg, like Jaws, which I would not classify as a horror movie. I'd classify that more as an adventure movie. But I think the strength of the scary sequences is enough that I would bring it into the horror category, whereas okay. Jaws, I don't think, is, I don't find that's, at least I, I don't think it's trying to be that scary, but like, yeah. I think... Because oh, for me, it's like, I only have a few scenes from this that I'm like scared by, which is surprising, because you know, yeah. I don't watch horror things because I'm yeah. too scared. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. So like, the fact, the only thing, the only a few times I really got freaked out by this... I see it less as a horror direct thing. Yeah. But that's just me. But, like, I fucking love the the reveals that happen throughout this movie yeah. and, like, the building tension of... Yeah. And the setting of this ranch, this <laughs> big empty field area. Yeah. Like, so much of it just ties in the right places for me that I'm like, this is, this is good shit. Yeah. So, that's nope for me, number three. Yeah. What's... My number, number two? two? Nope, as well. <laughs> nope! I think Nope is my number two of the year. Uh, I think it's probably the strongest script of the year for me. Uh, which it always script always has a lot of power over me. It's just a very well written script by Jordan Peele. The horror sequences are extremely effective for me. Uh, the the blood rain sequence, which I'll say nothing more about, is just fucking horrifying. Uh, the but, tube. Yeah. Fucking curtains made me scared for a week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my number two. Nope. That's your number your two. Your number two? My number two is um 
It's a little film you probably haven't heard about. It's called Avatar: The Way of Water. <laughs> this is my number. This is my number two of the year, and I do know that recency bias is a thing. Yeah. So I did think about it a lot on the way back about like, is this bet? Is this more to me than Nope is? Yeah. And I thought yes. That I'm like this has a lot for me. This feels like. What I feel about Avatar The Way of Water is kind of like how I feel about Nope and something like Top Gun Maverick together. Yeah. Where it's like, I love the the theming and some of the storytelling that's going on here, but also has fucking amazing visuals and action yeah. sequences and these, you know, these cinematography shots and all this. And I'm like, it all just works together as this beautiful thing that, like, it's going to be seen you know, still as one of the biggest movies of this year. Yeah. Even if it comes in literally like the last couple weeks. Okay. So like Avatar The Way of Water is, you may have heard of it, we've talked about it for like an hour and a half, uh, (laughs) this episode, is my number two of the year. My number one? Yeah. Jurassic World Dominion actually. Whoa! Avatar The Way of Water is my number one. You guys heard me at the beginning of the episode, unable to form fucking thoughts while thinking about how amazed I was by this movie, how moved I was. Jay told me, we saw it with Jay, who, uh, guest star from the Clifford episode, my roommate and friend, uh, he told me that he could hear me having a religious experience next to him. I could hear it a couple times. My mouth was, I think the big, the big vocalization I had was when two nucks are like doing a little thing with their necks where they're like <laughs> intertwining them all lovey-like and I just gave oh <laughs> you're connecting you're connecting oh to... god when Cord shot a knuck oh that <laughs> bastard oh god and you're everyone like, no. oh god how, how serious they take the death of animal we've talked for an hour and a half on this movie I cannot uh, but it's there's a lot of details in this movie that make it a fucking amazing movie experience. Like, so, both as... Yeah. Both as just any random person on the street yeah. that's like, hey, you want to see a good movie? Check this out. Yeah. Or someone who wants to go in for, like, a deeper, more in- interesting experience. Like, <laughs> both camps are going to be fucking ecstatic about this one. Yeah. Oh, also, I should just say before Brian goes on to his top one, mm-hmm. the second best movie I saw this year, which did not come out this year, so I can't... Well, no, actually, no, that's... Nah, I won't do... I was going to use this as a chance to, to you know, put twist the knife about Drive My Car, which is a movie that's amazing and Bran has bad opinions on. But Did that come out this year? No, no it came out in 2021. No. Uh, it's Which is why it's not on my top ten list. It'd probably be... It, it would be... Nope. Uh, it's... Uh, it, so it'd be my number two... Uh, I don't think it would beat Avatar for me just because of how oof, transcendental that felt to me. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love Drive My Car. Bran thought it was boring. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I, had, I, had I saw a lot it twice of, in theaters. I had some personal stuff going on. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I had to do like two separate settings for it. Yeah. But um. All right, I know your number one is going to be because I saw it in theaters with you. So... <laughs> So the one, the the movie, my favorite movie that I saw this year that came out this year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, it came out in April. I think it was April or March, one of those two. Yeah. I saw it as, 
I broke my leg in February, and it sucked. And it was the yeah. everything everyone wants was the first movie I saw when I was able to get around enough to go see a movie in a theater. Uh, and I I really connected with it. Uh, had some bad shit go on this year, on and off, towards the start and towards the end of this year on different ways. Um, and I've seen this movie twice now. That was like five months apart. It was still in theaters in like like July, August, some crazy shit. And it just, it just clicks. I'm like, this is my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I love everything about this fucking movie. I love the, the fact that it kind of feels more like a Matrix thing and there's these great action scenes. I love like these beautiful emotional moments between these different timelines I love the goofiness this movie can have. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Which, I don't know what's already said, fucking said, but, like, it's true. Like, and I think for me, it's like, that's what connected with me. It's like, it has these deep emotional moments. It has these goofy moments. It has these action moments. It's like, it just clicked so well with me. I fucking love, uh, you know, that one moment where he's like, you know, well, I would have liked to have a boring life with you just doing laundry and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, my heart! Like, I have the 4K Blu-ray of it. I'm probably going to watch it again in the next couple weeks. Like, it is... I don't have that many movies like this where I immediately watch the first time. Like, this is one of my favorites ever, and this is the one. So it's... I don't care about the weird Twitter discourse about some people being really stupidly defending about this movie or whatever. Oh, people being like... Like... It was mean to the IRS! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like any anything like I don't I don't care about any of the discourse around this movie whatever whatever fuck it like I do not care this is one of my favorite movies of all time and it's gonna stick there for a while <laughs> like uh, it's a fucking masterpiece I I did I have seen other Daniels movies I saw the uh, <laughs> Swiss Army Swiss Army Man when that came yeah, out yeah that's their oh, that's their too. only other movie as a team Daniel Schonert has another movie which. Is fucking bug nuts, and I like I cannot say much about it without giving away what's bug nuts about it. Yeah, it's called the Death of Dick Long, and it's oh. about <laughs> it. So it's about like two friends after like so this group in this group of friend this trio of friends, one of their friends dies under mysterious circumstances, mm-hmm. and the next day they're just trying to uh. They're just going about their day trying to, like, keep tabs on, like, is this going to get back to us? Because he died, like, fucking around with them. And the circumstances of his death are something that you need to watch the movie oh boy. to get. It's, oh my god, the death, what, you should watch the death, you all should watch the death of Dick Long, except my parents. Mom, Dad, <laughs> I know you listen occasionally, don't watch the death of Dick Long. You'll, oh you'll, you'll hate me for recommending that movie. Do watch everything everywhere all at once. I keep telling you guys to watch that movie. Mom, you mom, you'd love it. I mean the butt plug stuff might get a little weird. But you'd love it. Yeah. Like for me, I feel like that's I think the fact that everything all at once did the things it did made it more special to me than yeah. uh, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Because Swiss Army Man goes a little too far out in some ways yeah. to me. I, I like the uh, you know, the beauty and the absurdity that move that everything everywhere all at once makes. So I fucking love that movie. There's our top ten. Hooray. Yeah. 
that's the end of episode, and we will see you next time. Happy holidays. Have a good New Year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2023.